not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If, you, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. That's St. John 15 and 20. But I got to looking at that again this week. I know I read it last week, but I got to looking at it this week. And it said, did the religious and the political authorities in Jesus' time keep his word after they heard it? Uh-uh. They didn't. They did not. They didn't pay any attention to it. He was a fake. He was not the son of God. He was just a man, a prophet. And they crucified him. But Jesus continued. He continued to tell them who he was and what he had to do prior to his crucifixion. And then they mocked him. They belittled him. They uh, started false testimony against him. They arrested him. They made him walk up a hill and carry his cross after he was beaten. And then they crucified him. Now, we haven't had that. Not yet. But it's coming. When you look at the times and the things that's going on in our country and the way our government is going, it's not going the way our Constitution's written. They are going against it every time they turn around. And our president made the remark today. He said, if they don't pass a gun bill, he'll have to step in and do it. And that means he's going to use the executive order again. And he's already used that executive order more times than all our presidents put together. How many of you have seen that movie or got a DVD called Obama 2016? Please get it. You talk about something, it's going right back to our lesson. It's what he's got planned before the year 2016. And he's doing it. He told one of the, uh, I believe it was the Russian, Putin, he told him, he said, I can't do a whole lot this term because it's my first, but the second one I can do a lot. Uh, honey, he didn't mean he's going to make it better for America. And this 2016 is put out by a young man from India. This young man was smart enough to know what's going on, and he got involved, and he got testimonies from people. He went to Kenya itself. He went to Hawaii. He went to all these colleges and places. It's very interesting, very eye-opening. And so when we read about the signs of Christ's return, we're right, I would say, pretty close to being in the middle of them. We're going to talk tonight about the crisis strikes Jerusalem. And yes, there's been a lot of crisis strike at Jerusalem, but this is one like they've never had before. 
If you watch the modern country of Israel, it's populated by descendants of the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. They all will suffer military losses with part of its territory occupied by their enemies just before the coming of Christ. So we're going to look at it and think that's horrible. This is very important to check out. Many students of the Bible prophecy declare that in 1948, that was the great regathering of Israel in the Holy Land and the final establishment in the country of Israel. Wrong. They are so wrong. We need to take account of that and see where it's at. Well, we're in America. Why do we care about Israel? Because that's one of the leaders in the area that's going to take over. The United Nations has refused to give Israel the status of a nation. That's why we call her a country, because she is not a nation. And why the United Nations has to be the ultimate authority to say when a country's a nation, I don't know. I haven't got their bylaws on that. But at the present time, they are even thinking of dividing Jerusalem into an Arab and a Palestinian section with a Jewish section. And do you know who's making the biggest fuss? The Arabs and the Palestinians, because they want all of Jerusalem. They want it all. And we're just going to have to wait and see what the United Nations does. The United Nations is wanting to take over America. We have politicians that want them to. They don't realize how broke we are. Our country is bankrupt right now. And it's like the teachers' pensions. They got into it so much that they don't have the money for it in the state of Illinois. And that's what Governor Quinn's all about right now. In 1948, the gathering of the Jewish people that returned to Jerusalem was just a precursor, a small forerunner of the people coming in now. There is so many people going into Jerusalem right now and into Israel. They can't find housing for them. They don't have clothes enough for them, nor food. And the way we know that is we get letters all the time asking us to send money. They think everybody in America is rich. But they don't realize sometimes we're just making it. We're just staying alive ourselves, and we thank God every day for the food we eat, for the house we've got to cover us. I mean, hey, look, these are simple things. These are things we've got accustomed to. These are things we just take for granted. But you don't do that anymore. When you go to bed at night, you thank God that you've got a bed to sleep in. Because some of these people haven't got that. They're sleeping on floors and mats and so on. And meanwhile, well, excuse me, some are saying that all 12 tribes will come back to that small country after Jesus comes. No. But these are smart, educated men getting on television saying this. How in the 
world if they read Genesis chapter 22 and verse 17. How can they say that? When God promised Abraham that he was going to have his uh, descendants as the stars of the sky, and you can't count them all, and as the sand on the sea, of the sea. How are you going to get that many people over there in that little country when they're so crowded now they don't know which way to go? And that's just part of Judah and part of Benjamin because we've got some of those Judahites here and Benjamites here in America. See, it's all working together. And a lot of times we don't even see it. We don't pay attention to what's going on because it's not bothering us. But prepare because it will bother you very much, very much. Meanwhile, the hard-pressed Jewish people in Israel will be attacked and defeated once again. You'll find that in Zechariah 14, verses 1 and 2. And it states it this way, quote, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh. And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Verse 2. For I will. This is God speaking. I will. What? I will gather all nations, the enemies from near and far, against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished. And half of the city shall go in forth into captivity, and the rest of the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. They can't get out of the city. The residue of the people cannot get out of the city. And this is what God is telling them. I'm doing this because of your inability to follow my orders, to follow my commandments, my laws. They even don't believe in him. He's a good, Jesus is a good prophet. After all these years, all the miracles that God has done for that country, they don't recognize it. And God help us to be so careless we don't recognize what God does for us. Because, honey, the time's coming he's going to start punishing us for not being obedient. He will. And God will permit this to be done because of their unbelief and their rebellion against him and his word. And that is plain old S-I-N. Sin. He's told us what to do and what not to do. And if we go ahead and do what he told us not to do, we're sinners. I don't care if you call yourself a Christian or not. If you don't obey God, you're a sinner. You better repent of it. In Joel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and God speaking again, he said, For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2, I will. He wants them to know very plainly, God's doing this. He's, he's saying, I want you to know I am. I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel. 
whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Verse 3, they have cast lots for my people. They've cast lots for my people. They have given a boy for a harlot. What are they doing now? They sold a girl, not a woman, a girl, for wine that they might drink. And that is the big sin. God has told us not to do that. Fathers and mothers are to protect their children that they cannot, they will not be sold as harlots or sold for wine. And yet we see it every day. We lived in a county one time where there was a father that took his children, his young daughters, and sold them by the hour. Well, he was selling them by the hour. Mm -hmm. And you know what? There wasn't one person turned him in because too many big shots were guilty of buying them. We don't know what's going on, but it's in our country already. It's in our country. Luke says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Now that's Luke 21 and verse 20. Jerusalem has been partially surrounded by armies in recent years. Matter of fact, they're shooting in right now. They send their bombs over and their guns and their uh, people go in secretly and kill. Yeah, that's going on right now. But we will see Jerusalem completely surrounded by their armies. It's been a long time since it's been surrounded by all of them. I mean completely surrounded. But it's going to be that way. This is the prophecy. It says, Then let those in, the, in Judea flee to the mountains. Get out of there. When you know something like that's coming, get out. Don't fool around about it. Don't second guess it. Get out. Go someplace where you will be safe. And in the mountains, they would be safe. All right? Said those who trust in God, those who believe in Christ, those who are true Christians will understand what to do when these things occur because they have been studying these various signs that Jesus told them to. And they will be watching and praying. We've got to be watching and praying. There's going to be a lot of laws that we have been following that's going to be completely turned around. And you're not going to know when they are till they stop you and arrest you. They've even got it now, so they're banding those uh, helicopters or things that's what drones that goes over our homes by somebody else on the ground working them. There's nobody in them by going on there, and they're taking pictures of our home, 
They're seeing what's going on within it. And he wanted, at first, to shoot anybody that was against America. Well, they would have to go to the White House first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to be plain about it. I don't care what the man's politics is. He's out there to destroy America, and he is doing it. But somebody in Congress had sense enough to say, oh, no, you don't kill Americans on America's soil. Now, how long he'll obey that before he writes an executive order to override it, I don't know. We've got to remember that the Jews, for the most part, have not yet accepted Jesus as the Messiah. God still loves those people. They're part of Israel. And he loves them dearly. But they're turning him off. They're turning to other things. They twist his words. They switch his laws to satisfy their desire. And be careful. When you read it and the Bible says, Thou shalt, you do it. You do it. And when it says, Thou shalt not, that's when you twist the words around if you don't obey them. And that's exactly what Jerusalem's doing. Yes, he was crucified so he could forgive us of our sins. Jesus was. We know that. And it breaks our heart that he had to be crucified before I got the idea that I loved him and he loved me. But even with all of that, he still loves them. He still wants them. But they were guilty of the deed. It was the Sanhedrin that killed Christ. It wasn't the Romans. If you'll remember, Pilate washed his hands and he says, I'm through with this case. And then the uh, ruler of the Sanhedrin, I can't remember his name for this minute, but anyway, he went back to Pilate and he said, you've got to do something with that man now. He said, I told you in front of the crowd, I washed my hands of it, it's all on you. And it was, and it still is. It still is. Their refusal still hinders their salvation except for individuals. Now, individuals has always had a right to repent and come to Christ. They still do in every country in the world. Even those that are so against Jesus, they don't even want to hear his name mentioned. Even those that hate Christianity, there are a few people in there that have found out about our Jesus and they've learned to love him and they appreciate him for what he's done and for what he's doing for them. But that's an individual. Now, if those individuals over there can do things that Jesus said in his word to do, why can't we follow it? I don't know. I have to leave that with you. But God still loves, but he wants them to know they're going to be punished for their deeds of disobedience and their refusal to accept his sound advice. Do I get down behind the pulpit now?
You know, that's where we need. Because I don't care how perfect we are, we're guilty of not being completely obedient to God. And believe me, I was awake last night with this. I was awake last night. Because God's getting stronger and stronger and stronger in telling his people, be prepared, get ready. Have you got a suitcase packed in case you got to take off out of your home? I'm serious. Have you got one packed? No. Have you got food put away that you could take some with you when you left? so that you wouldn't be out on the road with no place to go whenever they close down the restaurants? I'm serious. Very serious. There's a lot of restaurants going out of business now because they're making it so hard on them. God help us. So the future, Jerusalem, the political and emotional capital of Israel, the country is overrun, will be overrun by their enemies till Jesus Christ returns and fights the aggressor nations. He will. It'll get so bad. And it looks like they're going to totally annihilate them that he comes back. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hey, wait a minute. We've got some stuff to go through, too, besides Jerusalem. And then when we all start crying, come quickly, Lord Jesus, he'll come back. But not until. Not until. You can pray by yourself while these over here just do whatever they want, or you can do what you want and they pray. It isn't going to do that much good. It's going to protect whomever's praying for God to come and that they want to serve him, they want to know more about him. And they want to be obedient to him. But it's not going to end there. The major event in the prophetic end time scenario will witness further outrageous because people think this is horrible punishment. Now, I want you to stop a minute. This is so horrible. How can God do this to his people? Stop and think. How long has it been since Jesus died? Over 2,000 years. All right. Then what about before Jesus was even born? What did Israel do? The Israelites, what did they do? No matter who they got in contact with, they changed their self to them. I know what I'm talking about. I never used profanity in my life till I went out one day with a girl, a relative really, and she cursed every other word, and I come home and I cursed. I didn't use that kind of language, but it came out. And your Uncle Roy told me, turned me over his knee and he paddled my backside and he said, don't you ever use that kind of language again, and I haven't. 
I didn't, I didn't get mad at him because I realized what he did was for my good, not for his. It was for my benefit that I would never do it again. I would remember. See, I've remembered 63 years. Honey, we hadn't been married very long when he did that. And I didn't think a thing about divorcing him. And I still don't. Kill him once in a while, but then God won't let me go to heaven on that either. I'll just keep him, okay? No, I don't want to replace him either. But look at what God's put up with all those years. Thousands of years. God has put up with our insolence. He has put up with our carelessness. That's what you can say. And he is now tired of it. He said, I give you all this opportunity. I have worked with you all this time. I have talked to your hearts. I have done things that would, you should have turned around to me for it. But you didn't. And now I've got to resort to this. We caused it. Jerusalem caused it. The country of Israel caused it. As well as the rest of the Israelites that were taken into captivity. They did. Read the history of some of the countries that Israel lived in. And yet many are walking in their own lust. Look what they did when they went to Egypt. They took on the things of the Egyptians. They walked in their own lust. They're seeking their own ways. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say that to me, I'd be pretty rich. They raise their children to disobey God's laws. And how do they do that? By the actions of the parent. You can talk, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. But if your walk don't match your talk, you might as well shut up. Because they're not going to do it. Walking, talking, dressing, acting like heathen that do not even like to think about God nor to speak about Jesus' name. How many people take the name of Jesus in vain? In vain. Yep. God's being blamed for a lot of incidents lately. Let's get into some of this. He really is. And he has nothing to do with the tragedies. Let's just go this way. Who purchased the car or the pickup in the first place for the child that they knew did not have wisdom enough to drive carefully? Uh Who neglected to reinforce or enforce the time to be home for safety's sake? Do that one more time, and I'm taking your keys away. Do that one more time, and I'm taking your keys away. And you know what? After the second time of that, kids don't believe you no more. 
they don't believe you. So if Asa gets home late, take his keys away the first time. Who gave them the money to spend and failed to check out where it went? Oh, Johnny's got to have more money than I ever had when I was growing up because we were so poor. What's Johnny doing with that money? Is he gambling? Is he buying liquor? Is he buying girls? Is he taking dope? What's Johnny doing with that money? What's Susie doing with that money? Parents? Who, who, who? God is trying to get us to obey his rules and his laws for our own safety and our salvation. Well, I'm baptized in Jesus' name and I've got the Holy Ghost. So, what are you doing with them? What are you letting do with letting them do with your life that's what you got it for and if you don't let them do what they're supposed to do honey you're going to be in trouble big trouble that's exactly what's caused all of this now is people not obeying God we need it for our safety's sake and our salvation verse uh, the next sign of Jesus's return is number 11 the abomination of desolation slay waste Moses or make desolate it's unlawful deceiver an abhorter or a hater that's what the abomination of desolation really is when the city of Jerusalem was attacked and conquered, the foreign occupying power will begin what Jesus calls, or the Bible calls, the abomination of desolation. And what is that? Jesus describes this in Matthew 24, 15 through 21. When you therefore s shall see the abomination of desolation or a loathsome contamination, doing things that they're not supposed to do in the church, Ooh. spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place and whosoever readeth let him understand verse 16 says then let them which be in Judea, Judea now known as modern Israel flee into the mountains let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house now, if you're on the housetop, lay flat on the roof. And most of the time when people are going by to try to find you, if you're laying flat, they can't see you when they're down looking up. You can lay flat on the ground and be still, and they can pass by and not see you. And not only that, but after they pass by, you can't go back home because they'd be watching your house you can eat what's in the field I've seen farmers just reach down and get some wheat and start chewing on it I've seen them take corn and break it off and eat it right out in the field so God knows what he's talking about and woe to them 
that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Now, why would they say that? When you stop to think about it, a mother has to eat in order to make milk for the baby to nurse. All right? When the baby's born, I mean, it's got to eat. And if you're with child, you can't run and hide very easy either. If you're still with the child within your womb, you have a difficult time getting out of the way. So, again, God knows what he's telling us to prepare to watch out for these things. Verse 20, But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, because it's freezing cold. And where would you go to hide in the winter? You might find a barn, but I'm sure they would search the barns around your house. Uh, Dale always said, our son-in-law, he said, well, now, I want to go back to Hardin County before this all comes. He said, I know every cave in that whole county. And he knows every vegetable there is to eat in the ground, and he knows how to take it out of the ground and be careful with it. He's brought us food out of the fields, I mean, out of the, the woods that he's found in there. Oh, this is so good, it tastes like potatoes. All right. But have you got a place that you might go to that's not public, that you could hide, that you could get out of the way till that entourage passed through? Well, that, that just sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it, that you'd have to do that stuff. But it might be coming quicker than you think it is. Verse 21. For then... Oh, excuse me, I didn't finish that. Neither on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, you were not supposed to go any further than a mile. Actually, it was less than a mile. And by the way... What is the Sabbath day? God tells us what it is. It's Saturday. And that is a day that we are to rest. Rest on Saturday. You don't go working. You rest. Your body needs it. Your mind needs it. Just rest. I tried that. And you know, that's pretty neat. I felt pretty good the next day. But the part of it is, that's what God wants. Why can't we do that again? Okay, so you can't take Saturday. But one day out of a week, let that be your rest day. Get your Bible and read it. Pray. I mean, just rest. Don't go over a mile from your house. And then Sunday's the day of worship. Sunday's the day of worship. I've got that down here somewhere too. Prophecy foretells that Jerusalem is again to be surrounded by armies. And an idol will be set up in the holy place. 
Jesus warns those who are faithful to escape quickly when the desecration takes place. I thought maybe it'd be this time, but I don't think it is this time. I'm going to get a fooling. They've got a pope. For those of you that haven't turned your television on, that's all you're going to see. They've got a new pope, and he's going to be called Francis. He's from Argentina. Let him who's on the housetop, again, we repeat it and repeat it so it'll get in your mind. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. In other words, you're out there, away from your home, get out of the area or hide someplace. Because if you wait around to see what they're going to do, they're going to catch you. Okay? But woe to those who are pregnant and those with nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Because back then, God's people are going to, again, keep the Sabbath day. But we should keep it now. Why can we not begin the Sabbath just as God wants us to do. In 1 Corinthians 16 and 2, that's not Old Testament. See? It's not Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. That's Paul telling him. I don't want to have to gather it all up from you when I get there. But get yourself there in the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Okay? There's a historical parallel to the end-time overthrow of Jerusalem. Brother Junior, watch it. And if I get to going too much, wave at me or holler at me. There is a historical parallel to this end-time overthrow of Jerusalem. The erection of an idolatrous object on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. In the time of Anicus, Amphetamines, some 116 years before the first coming of the Christ, the pagan Seleucid Greeks, there were Greeks, sacrificed pigs as offerings upon the altar of God. And not only did they do that, they took a statue of Zeus, the chief Greek god, and set it up in the temple. Now that's abomination of desolation. It's going to happen again. Maybe not that exact way, but it's going to happen again. And then you look around sometimes and you wonder about our church. Lord, what do you think about it? We all have to answer that ourselves. Something similar will occur once again. We are living during a time. The time we're living in right now is like a calm before a very bad storm. Everybody feels it. You talk to anybody in the stores or anything, you, you just mention to them, how are you today? I don't know, I'm just trembling. I don't know, it's like something's going to happen. I guess I better get going. They didn't stay around there. I'd tell them what's going to happen. 